A very warm welcome to this World Game Changers podcast, where your host, Paul D. Lowe, embraces many crucial conversations that compassionately contribute towards creating a better life and world. Paul's intention is very simple, to help get people's inspirational insights and motivational messages out into the world so others may benefit. Hello, World Game Changers, and welcome back to this podcast, this World Game Changers podcast episode, where today we're going to be talking about the, uh, I want to say the amazing, because the amazing topic of hope, and I'm going to say amazing because there's one or two things that's transpired more recently in my own life, but anyway, this is not about me, this is about introducing, first of all, Kristen, Kristen Johnson, a World Game Changers director. Kristen, very warm welcome. Thank you, Paul. Pleasure to be here with all of you. Yeah, and as I say, Kristen will be co-hosting with me. Um, And then also Paul Clark, a PT, um, personal trainer, I'd think for a minute, then personal trainer who I've recently met based up in Motherwell in Scotland. Paul, very warm welcome to you, sir. Hi, how are you doing? Thank you very much for having us on here. And um, an old sparring partner of mine, Dr. Keith Amos from Luxembourg, originally from London. Keith, welcome to you, sir. Thank you very much, Paul. That's uh, I'm not the doctor treating your knee, just in case you had any medical problems. That's a doctor of philosophy, so not quite the same. Okay, so there we go, readers. Um, With those introductions done, let's get the show on the road. As I've said already, we're going to be talking about hope. Now, simple four-letter word is hope, but what does it really mean? Kristen, if I can invite you to kind of get the ball rolling on this, because I know through your many literally, literally or literary, literary ex, exploit, I'm tongue twisted today, listeners, and that's okay. That's okay, because as you know, our podcast can be, you know, the epitome of vulnerability as well. So we don't worry about dropping ages or stumbling words or things like that. But Kristen, hope, what does it mean? Where do we start with this? That's a great question, Paul. Uh, I I think hope is just the most essential thing, especially in the world right now. And I want to pose a question to you, Keith, and and you, Paul, Paul Paul C. Uh, I think in drama, there's this tension between hope and fear, and that's what creates the drama. And there's certainly a lot of tension between uh, hope and fear in the world today, what with everything that's going on. You can just feel it. You turn on the news, everything. So what is this? How does hope cast out fear? And how can we make sure that hope wins over fear? Um, I think I could take something on that one. Um, Hope to me, when when I first heard about this podcast, it was going to be about hope. I kind of get thinking in the sense that hope kind of seems like a a last chance, last resort kind of thing. It's kind of it's a not a bad word if you like, but hope's one of the ones that you you pull at the bag last. Um, but it should be like a, a fruitful word um, because you sort of find hope in things that you feel a bit lost. Um, but hope should be there to be leaned on to say that things are going to get a bit better. Um, and I know what you mean, like the drama um, and a, a before life, if you like. My um, my degree um, is in acting, 
So treading on like fear and hope um, as like uh, total character traits, you know, and you can lean on the kind of things. Um, but when you say hope, you assume that it's a, a down and out feeling, then you need to find hope. But if you hone in on hope, it's actually a good thing. No, yeah, I think thank, thanks for that, Paul, Chris. And I think what I would, I mean, you can't have both at the same time, one would, one would say. I think if you've got hope, then you don't have fear. And if you lose hope, then that fear immediately comes in and fills that void. Um, you know, I'm a career coach, so I deal with a lot of people who have suddenly lost their jobs. They may well be very good in their profession, but when they arrive on the doorstep, so to speak, they... They, they, they are hopeless. And one of the big problems with that is that they equate hopelessness with, with uselessness. You know, they have this kind of, I can't do anything. I'm, you know, why me? How did it happen? I'll never find another job, you know, that all that type of thing. And it, it is really important. And perhaps we'll come on to that later, but it's really important to, to reinstill that, that idea. No, it's not all finished. You know, it's, 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 it, you're in a bad spot. But, um, you know, let's 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 be hopeful because, you know, having seen how other people have managed in the past, there's no reason why you can't and that good things can come if we, you know, if we wait. It does take some action. You know, hope is not just sitting there and waiting, but it's hopeful of, of a good outcome is, is definitely a positive thing. I think that's amazing that you just said, like, hope takes action. That's so true. I never thought about it like that. You know, you, you can hold on to hope and hope things get better, essentially. But hope takes action. You need to be proactive when it comes to hope. Uh, yeah, thanks a lot. Uh, it, it, it kind of, it, it, you can sit there and let things happen around you. And some people do, and that, that happens very successfully. And they can rely on faith. They can rely on belief. They can rely on, you know, good things will come. And indeed, they do to people. But always there's some degree of action that you need to take as well, even if it's only getting on a train to go from a to b or exactly. writing that letter or doing whatever it is but there's something you do need to you do need to kind of stand up and go now i do something mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. interesting word you've used there uh keith faith I've, I've i've pondered on this over literally over the years what kind of relationship is there between faith and hope well i think hope has always got that outcome that potentially um you're wishing for the best, but it just might not happen. Depending on your degree of your faith, and so I think there is a difference, a faith would say, if it's strong enough, no, everything will be okay. Mm. I think that's the difference. I think hope is, I'm hoping everything will be okay, and I'm going to take action so that it does come out for me, and I feel good about it. But faith is, well, in certain religions would say this, you know, whatever I do doesn't matter because my faith is such that it will turn out as it's supposed to be. Mm. And I deliberately asked that question, and I'm going to play devil's advocate, as I usually do on these conversations, on these dances. You can see Kristen smiling. She knows the score. She knows it well. Um, but one of the comments that I've heard at least semi-consistently, if not a bit more, is hope's very wishy-washy. It's very flimsy. It's very, you know, what is hope? It's a bit like that word nice. What does that mean? You know, whereas you said, Keith, with faith, you know, maybe yet again, I'm, I'm creating this polarized black or white. It's something that you've either got or you haven't. Paul, I don't know if you want to take it, but I, I, I really wanted to get when I knew this was about the subject of hope. I really wanted to get something in which others will have heard before. But I just want to reinforce it. It's just how powerful hope is. Mm. 
uh, Viktor Frankl, who was the psychologist who was in the concentration camp at Auschwitz. He wrote the um, uh, famous book, uh, which name escapes me, but uh, it will come back. Oh, Man's Search for Meaning. And, and what he did was he observed the prisoners in, in Auschwitz, those that, that gave up uh, and perished, moved away, and those that had something to live for mm. and a hope that they would be released and they would be able to come out to the outside world and do what, what it was they wanted to really do again. And that's what kept them alive. Yeah. That's what he was saying. So it's incredibly powerful. It's not wishy-washy at all. Yeah. And I just want to assert on a personal level that hope for me has been massive in my world. Um, Keith, you know, Kristen, you certainly know from the private conversations around, you know, my early years, my challenges with that. And the hope that one day that I would play for Nottingham Forest Football Club, that literally kept me alive, literally kept me alive. Something to believe in. So, you know, I just want to put that record straight there around my own personal slant on this versus my plain devil's advocate as, as co-host. And it kind of nicely segues into that amazing film, The Shawshank Redemption with Morgan Friedman, where I forget the guy's name that got wrongly sentenced. But... Andy Dufresne. Pardon? Mel, Rob Mel Robbins. Uh, Andy Dufresne. Oh, Andy yeah. Dufresne, yes, yeah. Andy Dufresne. Thank you, Paul. Um, and I can re I can picture, I've seen that film about three or four times, and I can picture the bit where he kind of, he went on about hope. And Morgan Friedman said, that's a dangerous thing to, you know, to embrace. Um, but it's not, is it? It's not a dangerous thing. It's 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 literally life-saving. It was life-saving for me. And, and, you know, other than just my childhood as well, when things were dark. So I think it's, you know, um, just to put some context in, of course, it's very subjective. It will mean different things to different people. But that's the beauty of having a four way conversation dance like this, because there's going to be different perspectives. And which one's right? Neither and all of them. Hmm. That's yeah, like, uh, yeah. Go on. Sorry. So, no, well, I, I, was, I was going to say, like, listening to like what hope is and like coming in there where, um, like the personal side of it. I mean, I run a, a personal training business and it's in its infancy and I hope it does well. That's a word you can just throw it. You hope it does well, but that comes for the proactive side that, that um, you were talking about. But on a really personal side, I was married um, and I got divorced like 10 months later. Um, not a good too much in there because that's not what it's about, but that's when I needed hope. I needed it. Um, it's not a case of, I hope I get out of this, because that's that that's fine. That's maybe the wishy-washy side of it. Like you just hope something happens, but when I need to be proactive, the like hope that something is on the other side, like because it's it's dark. You you couldn't look in a diary and plan for Monday. You know you just you just couldn't do it. You couldn't do it at all. So that's where hope is really really strong, and that's where I think you're coming favour the the proactive side of it because I needed hope whereas right now i don't need hope I, I, I even though i hope things go well but i know i can go in the gym i can do what i need to do and just hope that the next day is that, that bit busier hope 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 blah, blah 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 but at that time in my life i needed 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 hope i needed something sort of to look forward to do i think that's like that differentiation between that wishy-washy and actually being proactive and needing it and being in that place and it is so powerful being in that that place i could have i could have like the turn to 
different things and um, it could have had the worst outcome for me but I didn't I sort of clung to that kind of hope because I knew the, the kind of character I was. In in your work there Paul do, mm. do you get people that come in and they're kind of hopeless so they feel like I'm not fit I've got ah. no chance I'll never be you know always be overweight or whatever it happens to be. Absolutely um maybe no no necessarily like hopeless like totally done and out maybe I've, I've not been in the business that long to experience that right mm. um and i'm sure it will happen or maybe people are in that place and there's no letting me know that maybe like the it's a wee sanctuary for an hour for them and they're not letting me know but um I, I train a girl who has really severe mental health issues um and she loves coming to the gym so maybe she's no like hoping things get better like and that that place of hope but i can see it in her she hopes to do an event next year she hopes to raise money for charity she's she is using her um i don't know how i put it it's not like a no no like a drawback on 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 her uh in her sense but she's hoping she can do these things to push by this mental health barrier because i've been there and i can resonate with her um so I, maybe I've not had it my job yet, and I don't know if that's maybe I'm lucky that way because some, I wouldn't sleep at night knowing that somebody felt hopeless uh, mm-hmm. under sort of my tenure, if you like. Mm-hmm. Um, but you do get people who need the help, and maybe they're just clinging on to a wee bit of hope that, that things get better. Because when it comes to it comes to weight loss, there's there's a formula for that. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's simple: eat less, move more. Um, but there's a underlying uh, side that you, you did kind of see but i've not seen that yet as such oh, interesting yeah maybe people hide it well um, uh, definitely i did yeah i you know, I, I personally did when i when i was being getting divorced mm. i had it well you could you could see me and think that nothing's up or paul's all right absolutely not mm. it's not the case mm. yeah it's all about the the masks we wear and i'm not just talking about the ones that the comedy and tragedy masks that actor at that actors were and in that um acting drama theme it's all about the scripts that we have like from childhood or that we develop throughout life and i think those scripts um can shape how we go about and how we pursue hope and how we take action isn't that right 100 percent 100 percent Kristen. yeah and, you know, we've got to be careful. Well, we haven't got to be careful. Why do I say that? That's conditioning, you see. That kind of proves your point. We've got to be careful here, readers. No, we haven't, because there's four people on this podcast having this conversation, and we can go anywhere with it. So why have we got to be careful? And it just shows you that's a simple thing there. You know, at the top of the conversation, I was getting tongue-tied. Sometimes may have cre- I might have created this condition where I deliberately do that. And I think that's what we do. As you say, we create this script, we wear this mask, we get involved in patterns of life that we think serve us, you know, they're habit forming. And then when we start, you know, well, I shouldn't have got tongue tied. You know, I've done 500, nearly 600 podcasts. And then the should have, would have, could have comes in. You know, the, we beat ourselves up. Oh, do you know what, Paul? Somebody that's done all that many podcasts shouldn't be saying this or shouldn't be doing that. And then the inner critic, which is part of our script and our journey. Ah, mm-hmm. yeah, you see, I told you you'd never be a good podcast person. 
and then that downward spiral continues and that thin line and you're right what you're saying paul i mean i've been in and out of gyms through a 40-year alcohol addiction all my life and i'm still doing it now as you know looking mm -hmm. at 13 and a half years the other side of the demon dream but i know what the amazing work that people like you do because i've been in the Thank middle of a six-month bender still gone down you know the gyms i went to back in the day were old backstreet boxing gyms but i would go there usually with a bottle in my hand and the boxing trainer or the trainer you know uh, they'd be they'd be embarrassed if i called them pts nowadays but mm -hmm. you know i'd go there and i'd just talk and uh, you know and sometimes i'm going to be honest with you and vulnerable i'd, I'd be crying because of the desperation I felt. But that camaraderie, you know, I'd go and spend an hour there, and, you know, and sometimes I might even put a pair of gloves on when I could barely even stand up yeah. for the demon drink. Yep. But that inspiration that came from those guys and girls was unbelievable. You, you, you see that with some people? Um, some of the people that I, I train, exercise is, is not the main party some of the routines like sometimes they just need somebody to talk to and yeah. just by chance you're throwing a couple of weights around obviously I, I get paid to make sure that people you know progress and stuff like that but something as simple as asking somebody how their weekend is do you know what my weekend was that was all right and then you get deeper and deeper into a conversation know that you're talking there for an hour but you just get to know them um, and you feel for them and it becomes personal like the personal trainer side I could be the person that tells you do this do that do that and be a really like hard up guy i can be that guy but it's no me do you know what i mean it's it's i'm, I'm i would say i'm actually very lucky with the people that, that that come to me i i would want to reassure them that they feel safe and that if anybody does have a problem they have to go through me um so maybe like on the theme of hope maybe some people are just hoping for a a conversation and uh, an ear tip end like it's there's so many layers to this there's so many layers to it, especially in a gym side like and you know do you know what i find interesting as well like we we're talking about the the masks that people wear we've got three three british people on this panel if you can find me a tv program where hope is the main factor in somebody's in somebody's uh journey then fair play to you because we are we are not conditioned to like level and hope when you what you see in the tv you think about programs like the office the royal family things like that they don't live off of hope they are the underdog and they stay the underdog and we laugh at that whereas if you've got somebody in america watch an american program or oh, we want an underdog to win nine times out of ten they win they thrive off hope it doesn't happen for us it does not happen for for british people and british tv just when you're talking about the script and the masks that we wear You'd be very hard pushed to find somebody at the top of the mountain at the end of British TV programme. Any thoughts yeah. on that, Kristen? Uh, Keith, can, if I can just sort of, yeah. uh, because obviously what Paul's brought up there is the kind of Anglo-American diversity. Kristen, any thoughts? Yeah, I, I think I think that one of the, I think that some of the, some of the um, I'm not familiar as familiar with a lot of, lot of British TV, but I, although Paul and I are, particular fans of Downton Abbey and also uh, and also Poldark which is kind of I would argue is a bit is a bit about hope 
definitely, definitely yeah. a butthole. Paul's Paul's gone through the whole thing. I haven't quite, but I'm working my way through it. And there's quite a bit of hope in Poldark. But I, I take your point, Paul Paul C, because see we do have that underdog side here, definitely here yeah. in in America. Um, we talked about the Shawshank Redemption not too long ago. You immediately identified Andy Dufresne. That is one of my top favorite films of all time it's uh and and it's definitely about hope and the american tv is definitely definitely all about hope yep it's all about and i think it comes down to the fact that these these things are written by a team there's always a team of people and it's a team that drives like things forward and if you look at a a script that's written in britain it's never written by a team it's written by one person and it's all about their personal feelings and their personal like demons and stuff like that and it's laid bare and that's why we never root for this underdog because we what at what point do we see ourselves as you know good enough you know it's so it's nine times out of ten it's written by the one person and it's like woe's me but do you know what we're british people or scottish or whatever we're hilarious we can get through it with a bit of laughing and you sort of go away from it going like oh that was really good but that was tough you know I want to bring you back in, Keith, if I may. Um, You know, humour alert, humour alert, that as a West Ham supporter and a Nottingham Forest supporter, respectfully, are we not world experts on hope? I was going to say that the only expert on hope is Bob, but that would be showing my age. Um, You know, what you'll find, I would say, Paul, this is something interesting here. You'll find hope if you look for it. Because yeah. if you look to some of those those uh, situation comedies and some of those things which are on TV, you will see underdogs struggling. I mean, if you take The Office, you'll see you'll see Brent who wants to be, you know, loved by guy. everybody no, and exactly. a funny guy and successful yeah. and all the rest of it. So you are seeing kind of yeah. I, I just I just mean that it's um it's kind of fleeting. The yeah. hopes kind of it's fleeting. It's 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 underlying. It's not it's not like a driving force. I know he get he wants to be funny. It's all that kind of thing, but it's kind of. It is, yeah. It's embarrassing. That hope's embarrassing. I, I think what, what is really interesting, what you've been raising, particularly about the, the gym and so on, is this idea that actually, you know, what if you, if you don't have, how do you instill hope in someone that doesn't have it? And mm-hmm. what I'm kind of detecting here is that if you go into the right places, you'll find someone who has you can have a shared experience with. Somebody who actually they've been through the similar thing that you've been through. Maybe they were on the demon drink, as you say, Paul, or they were, you know, unfit or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Now that is when you get hope because then you see somebody who's been through an issue, been through something which has been incredibly bad for them, but through whatever actions they've taken, they've, they've improved. So for someone with, who's really lost, that gives them hope. Well, if he can do it or she can do it, perhaps I can do it. Yeah. You know? I, th- I think that's the big thing, that whole, like, if she can do it, if he can do it, because uh, the amount of people that have come into the gym and they bite the top of their bottle and they just sit and, and they walk back out again, I, I hate that. Not that many people leave, not that that happens all the time, but I think part of hope is maybe convincing somebody, yeah. convincing somebody that um, this is possible. Uh, like, forget your six weeks until your, your holiday. Some people kind of get passports in six weeks never mind a dream body but if you can believe that they can do something a year from now and still stick at it and the gym is a scary place i get it that is a scary place but if you can convince them and give them that hope that that person over there and that person over there they're working towards the same goal you are 
being better. Yeah. It doesn't matter what weight they're. Doesn't matter how fast they're running. They're just focusing on being better. It, it kind of gives you a new perspective. You know, um, you, you, when you see someone else's journey, which will never be quite the same as yours, but it can certainly be similar. That that that's yeah. a reason to give you motivation, I guess, and say, yeah. you know, well, well, look at that. I mean, if that person can do it, why can't I do that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Definitely. Throw in a completely left field question here, Keith, because I know your PhD is around values and I don't know that there is. And I haven't even remotely thought about this. Any correlation at all between values and hope? Well, it's like some sort of fastball question that is, Paul. Isn't it, it, George? Let's keep (laughs) let's keep everyone on the toes. Well, you know, values, they're inherent. So whatever you, you know, things that that would make up things like values would be, you know, I believe in honesty, I believe in integrity, I believe in in fairness. You know, these are the kind of obvious top level ones. Um, with hope, it's still a positive, I would say. It's a positive, uh, a positive feeling. So there may be some some connection somewhere in terms of the the, the feelings, the emotional feelings. Uh, I, I can't see a I can't see a direct correlation uh, at this moment. But I'll think it through and I'll certainly get back to you, as they say. I sound like a politician now. <laughs> or a football manager. I'm just wondering if, <laughs> as one of our values, that we could could hope be one of our values. Do you know yeah, what? Yeah, so, go sorry. sorry. sorry no, go, go, Paul. Go, go. Well, I was just thinking that when Paul says, like, values, uh, maybe no versus hope, but could hope be one of our values. Do you think when people are so in need of hope that they go back in their values? Have you seen that before? Like the, their values might be that they're the best person in the planet, but when they just need that bit of hope, do you think sometimes they just have to be a bit ruthless and selfish, selfish, and turn their back on their values? I, I well, kind of see the opposite really, because the, the yeah. people that I, that I deal with, they they ha- they 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 work in a job where they're working all the hours God sends. They've got a lovely house. They've got uh, family, children go on holiday twice a year. Wow, lovely car. Look at that. And they hate what they're doing. They mm-hmm. absolutely hate it. And they, you know, every every Sunday night, they think, I've got to go into work the next day. That's just, I can't stand that. And for them, they're doing something which is against their values. They're doing a, they're doing a line of work. They're, they're selling insurance policies to old ladies that don't need it or whatever. Yeah, and, that and is, so essentially that's against their value. They're already in that vicious cycle, I guess. Exactly. So, aye, no, I get that. Again, get that. we're back to this hope needs needs to have action coupled to it. So, yeah. you know, if they hope for a better life and they hope for something in the future, then they would hope to be doing something. And it would need to align with their values. Aligning then, with their values, yeah, exactly. There we go. And exactly when you right. asked that uh, question, Paul, what what the immediate reaction that came to me there, because uh, I've had this kind of thread of uh, conversation many times before, was around, and we're into Tony Robbins territory with this, where he asserts, does Robbins, that people can have values, but values will, when the chips are down, values will be compromised for priority of needs. You know, Mm -hmm. and he's the advocate of the six human needs. So we can have values. And I almost, yet again, I'm going to go into devil's advocate mode here. Please challenge me, all three of you. We can have values when it suits. When it suits. Well, you can have values when it suits, but you'll always have them. It's not like you can put them on the shelf. So if you believe in honesty and someone is dishonest to you consistently, it's not going to work. You can't say, well, I know, 
well, we better not get into politics, otherwise we'd be talking about certain members of the Houses of Parliament in the UK at the moment. But you can't put things on a shelf. If you if one of your values is honesty and integrity and you expect people to be honest with you, then when they're dishonest with you, it's very, very difficult, nigh impossible for you to say, but it doesn't matter. That's OK. I accept it. For today, you can lie to me all day. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I kind of know what you mean. I think in its simplest form, when you say that, I think uh, Paul, when Paul says that, first thing I thought is, like obviously I believe in I believe in charity, but it doesn't mean I, I don't walk by people who are holding the weekend the can. You know, I, I, my values in my life is to be the best person like I could possibly be and a nice person, mm. honest person that people can rely on. Mm. Um and I, I dig it charity, but sometimes I walk by people it doesn't mean I need to stop every single time to yeah. put a bit of money in a jar. And I, I think that's maybe in its simplest form, maybe I'm picking it up wrong, but you know, it doesn't mean I, I go back in my values. I mean, we don't want this isn't about values, it's about hope. But but let me just no, tell you uh, that it's very difficult when you ask people, what are your values? You, they can normally come up with two or three things quite quickly. But if you really want to know what your values are, ask that person, what do you absolutely hate? What is yeah. it that you cannot stand? What really riles you? And when they go through that list, which they will, if you just give them time and patience, whether it's dropping litter, people being rude, uh, whatever it is. When they do that list, then you say, let's take a break. Let's have a coffee. Let's go back to that list now. Okay. What's the opposite of that? Mm-hmm. The opposite of that, those are your values. Tends to be the values. And uh, and and that's it. And then, like I say, you can't, you've got, you've either got them or you haven't, you, you know. Yeah. I was tempted just for a split second there, Keith, as you were speaking. I thought, wow, what a beautiful segue to start talking about football, about the teams that you inverted commas. I'm not going to use the H word, but just let's say dislike intensely. But we'll move on very quickly from that, Kristen, before we get bogged down. You and I have had many uh, mirthful conversations around this. Kristen, any thoughts about what's been said so far from your perspective? I'm just listening to this beautiful dance and the and the ball being kicked around. It's amazing. And I think hope is important because when when your value when you feel like someone has uh, violated that val- those values or when you feel like those values have been um, you you don't see any sign that the progress has been made or or that you've been let down in some way. Mm. That's when it's the the hardest to hope, even when you feel like you've let yourself down. That isn't it true that that's when that's the hardest to hope, but that's when you need hope the most. Any thoughts there? Mm. I'm, I'm struggling a bit with that. Um, I, what I'm thinking while you while you're talking is is. At what at what point does hope leave? Yeah, and and I I'm, let's be contentious. I don't know whether this is true or not, but is hope the last emotion to leave us before we move on to the next world? It's got to be, and that, that's just, that's just me shooting down the middle. Yeah. Like obviously we can you can branch it, but it's got to be. Yeah, you know because like because, because we're even even you're either hoping to get better, you're hoping to get up tomorrow. Or you're hoping yep. to meet your relatives in the other world, or, or, or you're hoping hope everybody else is all right. Yeah, like hope, hope, hope nobody misses okay. me. Yeah. You know, we it, it's got to be it's got to be the last thing you think of. if you're in that capacity. You must. I hope so. And that the amount of people's last words, I hope, 
that it must be astronomical. Mm. So we kind of skirted around your question there, Kristen, but I don't know why it just kind of came came out of what you know what you were asking. But I want to I share. Think... I want to share something, if I may, which might uh, address that directly. Many moons ago, I used to knock around with an old Polish war hero. He was a lot, a lot older than me. And we were sitting the one day uh, as we would. Um, worse the way for drink, which was nothing. But there was some very deep philosophical conversations that took place. And he said to me, he used to call me Paolo. He said, you know what, Paolo? He said, I've seen grown men cry, limbs, limbs blowing off them. You know, when I was down in the trenches um, back in the war. He said, but you know what I've seen more than anything that shifted my world? He said, the so-called atheists and people that don't believe. He said, you know, when that, that moment comes and you can call it for me, this is about hope. And they cry out, oh, my God, help me, save me. Isn't that a statement based on hope that somebody, something will come into play because they've never been in that position before? And as you know, to, as a last ditch attempt of hope, call it what you will, call it faith, call it anything. But that, for me, addresses that desperation. Nice. We've not been here before. Well, I think that's that's, that's interesting because me myself, um, like I was, I was raised Catholic, and I, I don't essentially believe in anything uh, just now. So I wouldn't call myself an atheist, um, but. Like you're saying, if it's that last ditch effort, believe you me, I'll try it. <laughs> like if you know, if I, I will, you know, I'm no, I'm no, I wouldn't shun it. If there was hope, essentially, I'll, I'll try it. Um, bye. It's, it's amazing. That I totally get what that that the guys talking about when they say like, oh my god, like actual like praying. They need it. They're on the literally the last. Um, aye. I would, I would like that. <laughs> yeah, it goes kind of full circle back to where we started this in the end, which is that hope is the only thing stronger than fear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. It's I would you say then hope is a byproduct of fear? It's an antidote. Yeah, aye. I think I so. Yeah, I think yeah. If you've got hope, then then you, your fear reduces. Yeah, but so just to lighten things. A little yeah, bit. <laughs> when you're talking, when you're talking hope, um, I was in the civil service for, for many, many years, and um, we were always advised by senior officials not to use hope too much in our written communications. You know, either you are or you're not. Not I hope to get you the figures by next week. I will get you the figures by next week. You know, it, mm -hmm. the hope was something that you would. It was mm -hmm. a bit too abstract, and it was best not to use. And I think that's a that's the thing that's come up come up in. in really in conversation now is that we use hope we throw it away as as a little word or hope to see you next wednesday or hope to see you at the match um or oh, hope you're well yeah you know i think we, we've devalued it in a way yeah. i've got a funny story about hope then um okay. it's, not, it's not entirely funny <laughs> but it's quite funny <laughs> i hope it is um, the whole I, I hope so as well well um my uh, cousin is a funeral director right <laughs> and my dad met him once and uh, he was asking so how's how's business he says well I'll be honest it's no great he says well i hope it picks up <laughs> okay yeah. oh my and god he, and he realized there and then oh i shouldn't have said that <laughs> but he was like right okay he's getting in the car red faced uh, i i just hoped hoped a funeral director's business picks up 
But do we really mean it? I don't reckon any of you start an email. I would, I'm, I'm putting money down on the table here now, and I'm not a betting person. You start your email with, hi, Fred, hope you're well. Hope all is well. Hope you're doing fine. It's just a colloquialism, though, isn't, isn't it? it? Yeah. It's, it's, it's essentially what it is. It's, um, it sounds bad to say, but you don't mean it. It's true. Huh? <laughs> it's yeah. just, you, you don't. It's just, something, it's just something you say. Hope I hope everything's all right. I hope this. Hope I hope that. Yeah. So, so we've, we've got this this incredibly powerful thing on the one hand, which could be the last thing you say before you pass to the the other world. Yeah. Uh, which overcomes fear, and yet we've also devalued it to such an extent that we use it as a throwaway line. In, just in just emails. Co- it's, it's conversation. And you know yeah. what? You you see these things and the, the people don't answer them because it's just something you just read, read over it, bypass it, and right, good, get on to the the real stuff. Yeah. Can I ask a question then for like to all three years, right? In the, the business that I'm in, hope's a big factor. Hoping that you get to a better place, right? Do you think it's deceitful to sell on hope? Ooh. Do you think it's a, a no no that's a deceitful thing that I'm doing about my businesses, but do you think it's deceitful to profit on hope? Because I wouldn't want to be seen as that person. And I, I like, I'll answer because it just came to me now. It's not deceitful to give hope to someone. Mm-hmm. It's deceitful to offer someone that you will get this results if you hope just hope for it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Does that I, make sense? I, I, but to give someone hope, I, I, yep. I don't see that can be de- deceitful. Uh, that, that's that's the thing. If I if I am. Um... If I made this amazing plan up for you and you've got to date for three months, whatever, and the hope is that you get better, and then but you don't, but that's that's doing to you. It's not to do with the plan or whatever, because right, because I know what I'm, I know what I'm doing, right. But I've I've sold you in that hope that you get better, but it's it's entirely your fault you didn't get there. But I that think, ho- that hope's still there. I think you'd be selling it on the basis of that. I want to give you something to. Well, I suppose we come back now to belief and almost faith, which is what Paul had mentioned. But, mm-hmm. you, you know, I want to give you the the possibility to see, to actually see that you have a goal yeah. that can be met. Yep. And look, this this person here, they were in a very yep. similar position to you and look where they are now. Yep. And what yeah, you're doing is you're giving them that hope. Yeah, because I, I feel as if I've kind of worded that wrong, but you, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? You're, I do. you're, sort of, you're, you're leaning on hope. You're, you kind of, you draw on hope. Hope's an inspiration. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, instead of just a just a bit of feeling, it's an ins- you're, you're sort of feeding on that inspiration. Like, it doesn't mean it's a bad thing if you're feeding on people's inspiration. They, they hope that. I think that's absolutely fine. I think of when I was saying being de- deceitful, I think it was kind of playing devil's advocate the way the way Paul does well, because it can be well, seen. I in think it's deceitful ways. if you say all you have to do is hope that you'll get fit and you will. Yeah. All right. Aye. <laughs> that will be deceitful. Which yeah. doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because for me, there's a parallel word or a bridging word here, whichever way you look at it, conceptualize it, and it's called intentionality. So how I would position that is the intention. The intention is that we're going to get you fit in three months, six months, you know, weight loss or whatever the program's designed towards with the client. That Mm -hmm. is the strong intention. That is the focus. And that speaks what we spoke about earlier on, speaks to the action required. You know, let's not sugarcoat this, you know. And, and I, I particularly resonate from my own personal experience and having spoken to countless people around how how desperate is the situation 
And that aligns with what we spoke around. Like you said, Keith, do we send I hope you're OK? No, we don't, because it's kind of meaningless, low level chit chat. But when the chips are really down and we, we might face the prospect of losing a loved one, for example, boy, do we hope and pray that they're, they're going to pull through and everything will be OK. So this mm -hmm. kind of different internal energy that goes with this, isn't there? And I think that can be reflected with our language and our choice of words. For me, what was the answer to that, Paul, is is the intentionality. Intentionality is a very, very strong word, which, in my humble opinion, is related to hope. Mm -hmm. Hope is the start point. Mm. Hope is the start point, I think, uh, Paul C. OK, good. I, this, this, uh, hope is like a it's a motivating factor and yeah. then then that just that totally just leads on yeah. to taking taking action yeah. and if you're taking action comes progress progress is there a devil's advocate to this do you think are we are we being all too positive i don't think so because i think one of the best i forget who said it but somebody said one of the best experiences you can have for the heart is reaching down and lifting someone else up. So you're giving someone else hope. Um, in the process, you're you're giving yourself hope too because you're mm -hmm. feeling like you make a difference. And that speaks to that Robin's need of uh, highest need of contribution. Mm -hmm. That to be able to do something for someone else may even be more impactful than if you were doing it for yourself. That's yeah. hope. I, th I think... Um what was said there about have we been too nice about it well when was the last time really you like really argued with somebody on hope i think if somebody didn't hope anything or would, wanted to be nasty to people they, this they wouldn't be like a welcome member of society put it that way so why would be on this podcast kind of thing i think people have um when people really understand what hope is they tend to be nice people well i think this again it's it's, it's a linguistic thing isn't it but yeah. but we use it as a You know, and, and we use that, and I think I mentioned it maybe before, so excuse me, getting old, you know, but we kind of use that as a synonym for useless. Yeah. But it isn't the same thing. No. It isn't the same thing. And, uh, you know, hopelessness is not useless. Hopeless is, yeah, you, you're probably perfectly capable, but you've lost something. There's no spark. You can't motivate. You're not moving. Mm. Uh, useless is you haven't got the spark you're not moving you're not doing anything you you know you you really are quite useless because you're not moving but back yeah. to this hope has got to be coupled with some action yeah i think when you use the word useless useless is maybe they've not been trained well today something or they're just not very good at like taking food out to a table when in a restaurant they're a bit useless you know a bit lazy but to call somebody hopeless mm. it, you've you've lost you've lost everything for them. You you don't believe in them. Whereas yeah. if somebody's useless, they're just a bit like, oh, mm. you know, it's kind of is what they are. Maybe, maybe they might not be here in six months. I kind of think they're a bit, a bit useless. But when they're hopeless, it means that you do not believe in them, not a job. Like you do not believe that they can do the job. They don't have the qualification for it. You don't believe in that person. Mm. So a hopeless has got a lot worse connotations than useless. Yeah. So as we start to draw towards a close, then I want to ask this question, because obviously this is blessed beyond belief. And, you know, maybe just maybe it's been a bit, ooh, you know, a bit uh, for such a beautiful, uplifting, potentially inspiring word like hope. 
you know, it's been quite earthy. I think it's been great because, oh, okay. you know, yep. you know, it's been real. And, and I think we've, you know, we've identified the, the various depths of it from that email, the almost that flippant, hope you're OK, to the real depths of dying in the trenches, so to speak, metaphorically yep. or in Johnny the Pole's case, literally. Um, so there's that. But I want to ask this question here under the banner of, you know, uh, bless beyond belief. So let's really lift this up. Let's really hope that we can lift this up now by me asking this question. And there is a one minute time limit on this, a one minute time limit, guys and girl. Okay. That, so we can't go into war and peace, but it's this. So I want you to all imagine that somebody comes up to you, a, a total stranger. It can be whatever context, the street, the gym, a bar, a cat, whatever. And see, do you know what, Keith, Paul, Kristen, I've just had enough. Say something to me, please. Say something to me to give me hope. In one minute, guys, and ladies first, in time on a tradition, what would that be, Kristen? That life can change from minute to minute. This was something my late mother used to say. Life can change from minute to minute. You never know what's around the next corner. Uh, the next minute could be just absolutely spectacular and there's gratitude in in every moment the fact that you're alive that you have loved ones that you're breathing air that you're uh that you're even thinking about the next moment and thinking about contributing or thinking about your blessings blessed beyond belief that's something to be grateful for and in if you're grateful that leads to hope because I think that gratitude is so connected to hope, is so connected to love. So whatever you're feeling now, it's not permanent. It seems uh, bad, but whatever you're feeling now, it can change in an instant. Okay. Keith, Paul? Well, I would say I'd like you to come with me and I'd like you to meet other people that have been in very similar shoes to you. And I'd like you to see what they've achieved. And if you have hope, it's a form of oxygen. It'll keep you going, it'll motivate you, and it'll get you where you want to go. Don't give up hope. Hope is the very last thing you need to give up. You can give up all other things, but never hope. And let me show you someone, and let me reinstall that hope in you. Superb, thank you. Paul? Well, if somebody came up to me and they told me that they they felt hopeless, I I don't think I would regale them with something quite long winded. I think I would simply say I understand, <laughs> and sometimes that's what people want. Yeah. Or I've been there, and that's when you have the long conversation because if you feel hopeless, you need to want the help. You know, you need you need to want it, you need to seek that help. So, I think the thing I would say to somebody, just quite simply, I get it. Mm. and then that's barriers are broken and then you take it there brilliant superb yeah. superb okay. people thank you so much thank can i can i just say something as well literally just at the very very end of this right i have been like needing hope and stuff like that but see when i met paul i just i've just had a wee baby right and he's eight weeks eight weeks old and i was Aww. coming back i was coming back he's the cutest person ever the cute, doesn't matter how many babies you've seen, mine's oh. the cutest. That's fact. Um, <laughs> but I came back to my work, um, and sometimes it does get a wee bit of client drop off and stuff, like that, that trivial stuff, right? 
And I thought to myself, I might go back to the 95. I might just go back to it. And Paul came up and asked me a question about how to use another gym. And then he sort of doubled back to himself and says, I like your energy. And that to me was like, I get I get hope again for, for what I was doing. I was like, do you know what? I'm actually doing something right. If I can have that effect on somebody just purely by telling them how to cancel a membership and reinstate the membership, I must be doing something right. I must have that face that you can sort of go, I'll talk to him, that kind of thing. And it's funny that this is about hope because I hope that things would just get a bit better, like money-wise, whatever, just, again, trivial things. But in that moment, Paul, I realised I'm good at this. Do you know what I mean? So, again, thank you very much. Um, but you did, it set me on a path. Do you, know, do you know what? I'm I'm good at this. I can get better at this because I wanted to leave. But there was a bit of hope. You've seen a bit of hope in me. Yeah. So I'm absolutely capitalising on that. So thank you very much. Wow, absolute fabulous. pleasure. Absolute pleasure. And I think it's fair to say, and obviously, Paul, we won't mention any names or situations, but potentially there's some other doors opening as a result of that. Uh, exactly. And, I'm, and I'm, you know, we've used this word, or I've certainly used this word, uh, playing devil's advocate. So I'm going to play devil's advocate for one last time, readers, and say this coincidental meeting that Paul and I had, because you know what? There's no such thing as coincidence. And on that contentious note, we'll close it there. And I'll sign off by thanking Kristen, by thanking Keith, by thanking Paul immensely and signing off the way I always do by saying, remember, the world's changing. How will you respond? Thanks very much for listening to this World Game Changers podcast episode. Hopefully you found it interesting and helpful. Drop a line to paul at worldgamechangers.org with any thoughts or questions you may have, and he'll be more than happy to respond. Remember, the world's changing. How will you respond?